to Liz, the podcast for the bookish, the queer, and the grossly ostentatious. I'm Julie Jester, the chaotic bisexual TikTok. (laughs) 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 Do you want to start over again? You you can start. I mean, you can keep going if you want. (sighs) Welcome to Liz. I think you should keep all of that in. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to Liz, the podcast for the bookish, the queer, and the grossly ostentatious. I'm Julie Jester, the chaotic bisexual horse known on TikTok as plant-based bird girl and legitimate stan of the holiday we call New Year's. And I'm Ellie Rudy. I'm a journalist covering the LGBTQ plus community, and I went to get my tooth hole checked out last week, and it turns out I need a root canal. More details to come. This episode is for the hot bitches who made it to 2023, the cold bitches experiencing seasonal affective disorder, and hey, you might be saying, but Julie, in this case, I am both a hot and cold bitch. No worries, girly. It's called being bisexual. Happy 2023. Ooh, happy 2023. We're in 2023. We made it. We're cute. We're funny. Um, Ellie and I are in person again, and it's just making me feel all kinds of silly. It's making me feel funny, too. And, you know, today... <laughs> in a bad way. In a, in a scary way. <laughs> in a violent way. <laughs> but technically, as we're recording this, it is still 2022, so unless something crazy happens between now and when this comes out. Yeah. Welcome to 2023. Welcome to 2023. And what a way to end with the Greta Thunberg, uh, Andrew Tate. Amazing. It was amazing. It was iconic. It was my favorite thing to happen in all of 2022. And it goes to show you, you, you don't, even if you're having the worst year of your life, it's never too late. At the end of it, Greta Thunberg can send Andrew Tate straight to prison for having a fragile ass ego. It's beautiful out here. It's, it's a wonderful world. Look at the hope. It's never too late to turn your ear around. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and it all happened so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it just unfolded very, very suddenly. Yeah. It was like a funny kind of t- like petty tweet thing. And then I feel like it was like the same day. Yeah. He literally was arrested. And it was because of a pizza box and and Greta, the activist. Greta and a pizza box have never done so much for this world. And we thank both of them. Yeah. We love them both. Wow. Also, I am here and Julie's feline is also here. <laughs> Ellie is terrified right now. In a way that I've never seen Ellie. I don't think I've ever seen Ellie Rudy really scared. <laughs> Ellie Rudy doesn't really give a shit. I guess cats are the only thing that Did does this to me. Did something with you and a cat in your childhood? No, but I do frequently have like nightmares while I'll wake up and like cats like claws will be involved. But like not, maybe in like a past life something thing happened but like mm. no a cat has never wronged me mm. i just i think they're just very mysterious to me and like like a dog would like want to come up to me and like be all up but he like doesn't care that i'm here <laughs> <laughs> and that's unsettling to me <laughs> he's just hanging he won't really make eye contact with me but he, i mean he stared at you for a while but in, a, in an intimidating way <laughs> Sparky, for the record, Sparky is one of the friendliest cats I know, and most people also say that about him, but Ellie is just, Ellie's on lockdown. I don't think he's unfriendly. I Look at him looking at me. Like, I, yeah. I just, I respect just, him, and I'm a little scared of he him. He just did a small slow blink. Cat lovers, we all know what that means. He, he he's plotting my demise. No, he trusts her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you, Mr. Sparky, for allowing me here in your space. I'm just trying to be very respectful because he has tiny knives at the end of his hands that are but readily so available. You, you could put I, tiny knives at the end of your hands. That is true. And we'd all be scared. And we'd he, all be yeah, scared for our lives. He doesn't know that that's not the case, so no. maybe that's why there's some tension going on. You never know. Anyway, yeah. I just, I we need to move on because the more we talk about it, I get more nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's going to be fine. There's going to be a lot of exposure therapy as I move to Brooklyn and Ellie and I become uh, Brooklyn girlfriends. And, yeah. you know, she hangs out. I'm going to have to adopt this cat. <laughs> <laughs> The stress in your voice. Good God. Uh-huh. All right. So uh, what, are, what are we, we going to talk to you about today? 
right. Sorry, I just Sparky and I were having a moment. <laughs> yeah, Ellie and Sparky were having a staring contest. Um. Okay. What, Julie? What are you going to talk to us about? Well, it's the new year. At least as you're listening to this, it is the new year. And I want to talk to you all about New Year's resolutions. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just scared. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, Julie is talking us. Listen, you just have to talk. I just just got scared. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're all here for you. We're going to talk about New Year's resolutions. um, And I... Wait, also, this is the first episode ever where I haven't taken my Adderall, so... Things might be extra ADD. And I'm here. (laughs) And we're in the same place. (laughs) Ellie has someone to laugh at her jokes in person. And there's a cat. (laughs) A lot's happening right now. A lot is going on. At Liz. Um, I consider myself a professional at New Year's resolutions. For example, my 2022 New Year's resolution was to be hot on the internet. Ta-da! She did it. She did it. She did it. I I really like new beginnings. I really like new starts, fresh chapters, resolutions. And listen, resolutions don't have to be things that make you feel bad about yourself. Um, like so many are. So many are like, stop doing this thing or be be better at this. No, it can be about like like doing something you you've always wanted to or something that you love. So I came up with ten resolutions to up your queerness. Or avant-garde heterosexualness. Avant-garde heterosexualness. <laughs> what was that from? That came up in an episode. That was, um, that was in the Poppers episode. It was <laughs> yeah. talking about how... It was a New York Times article yes, about Poppers. They were saying Poppers are being done by the gay community and, and also avant-garde heterosexuals. Which, let's just face it, avant-garde but heterosexuals are just bisexuals. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, they're, they're bisexuals and they're like Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Um... Who I don't think is officially bisexual, but has the energy. Wouldn't surprise me. He carries the torch. Um, Ellie just got attacked by blankets. She's she's fighting for her life right now at my house, and it's really special to witness. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so tell us about how you're going to be... Okay. Also, for the record, I don't really do resolutions because I don't follow through with them. (laughs) (laughs) The last resolution I had was in 2015, and it was be able to run a mile without stopping. Still can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm crushing it though. Thank you. I'm good at other things. I just like to like accidentally achieve goals and be like, that's cool. But when I set a definitive thing like being able to run for a mile without stopping, it's just disappointment. Yeah. But I can do lots of other things yeah. without stopping. Yeah. Like breathing. Yeah, well, you also bike. So oh, far. I can. Yeah. Okay. That I can do. That I can do. So we all have our things. All right. Now that we've helped Ellie feel good. <laughs> <laughs> we can move. We can move through the rest of this podcast. Um, speaking of feeling good. Number one. And this like, this is like of all the resolutions. This one is like, do this plus something else on the list. Realize that you are that bitch. It is 2023, Henty. I don't care what your excuse is that you're trying to give me right now. If you're like, but Julie, I need to lose weight before I'm that bitch. Okay, tell that to Lizzo. But Julie, I'm too short to be that bitch. Okay, look at Ariana Grande or Jenna Ortega, who's having an absolute moment right now. Short queens. Julie, I'm too tall. Or Kermit. Kermit the Frog, short queen. You're like, Julie, I'm too tall to be that bitch. Okay, one, Taylor Swift. Two, Zendaya. Three, me, bitch. You, literally Literally me. Are you going to tell me I'm not that bitch? I swear, if you are, I I know where you live. She is that bitch. I am that bitch. Uh, But Julie, I don't know my gender identity. Okay, you're going to tell me Janelle Monae and Demi Lovato aren't that bitch? Mm -hmm. But Julie, I'm a man. Okay, girl, tell that to every drag queen ever. Right. And no, you don't have to wear makeup and dresses to be that bitch. But you do need that drag queen confidence. And also being a drag queen doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt. (laughs) It does not hurt. You feel too short to be a confident man? Are you going to tell me Elliot Page doesn't have the absolute zest? Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell me Tom Holland, who pulled Zendaya, isn't 100% that bitch? Again, Kermit. Again, Kermit, (laughs) who also pulled Zendaya. (laughs) Anyway, what I'm trying to say here is don't wait for a version of yourself that may or may not arrive to accept yourself. The best version of yourself arrives the moment that you ask them to and the moment that you believe they're here. Uh, so you're that bitch. It's, it's like Santa. It's like Santa. <laughs> you just have to believe. Santa shows up in July. Santa's that bitch. If you ask him to. <laughs> That's a little known fact about Santa. You just have to believe. All right. So uh, this is one of, um, this is both one of the non non 
Julie, not heterosexual on the surface. No, wait, homosexual. Whoa. Julie just had a stroke. I had a stroke. Um, this isn't as homosexual on the surface, but um, it is also a very homosexual act. Have gay sex. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, journal. Journal make brain go think better. This will also Welcome. help. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and it helps immensely. And I mean, like, immensely with your self-discovery and figuring out who it is you're trying to be or what it is you want. I'm not even kidding. The days when I actually stick to free writing and, like, get everything out on the paper and then you get to the point where your brain's just like, I have literally nothing else that I could say. What what possibly more that could there be? Just keep putting pen to paper and that is where your truest self comes out because that is the part of you that's not pretending, is not trying to be a good writer, is not trying to be the best person or whatever um your truth is within you and i truly believe that and let those uh guide you in the in the following new year's resolutions that you could possibly have and also have fun with all of these have fun with your gay sex be silly be silly have fun let your hair down give them a peace sign when they flash the camera (laughs) don't just soft smile stick your tongue out whoa (laughs) wink whoa all right number three Play with your look. Uh, Find a skincare routine that makes you feel like that bitch. Or learn makeup that you've always wanted to try. Um, Here's something I will say. Sephora employees, they can be scary. But listen, bitch, they're just like you and me. I've worked so many... Except prettier. (laughs) I've worked so many part-time jobs in retail. And people are always like, oh, I'm sorry. Can I try this other thing? Or can I see it in this other color? And you do not need to apologize for that. Like, when I'm working, when we're working there, we literally have nothing better. To do. You are literally getting paid, paid to and that's do what that. Paid for. Like, be polite. Don't be a Karen. Never be a Karen. But, like, asking questions, fine. Trying multiple different things. If you're, like, apologizing to a Sephora person because you want to try on a different lipstick, the person working there gives no shit. It takes nothing out of their paychecks. Yeah. It takes nothing out of their day. It's literally just try using the makeup for what it's there for. It's their is, job. Yeah, for finding something that you like. So so go to a makeup store, Sephora, wherever. I'm not branded with Sephora. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, try things and don't don't be afraid of like rejection when it comes to that stuff. Um, because one, the worst they can say is no. And two, it's literally their job to hang out with you and make you feel look, look, <laughs> look and feel cool and hot. Mm-hmm. Um, 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 and then also in the play with your look, under the play with your look hat is... Uh, get a dramatic haircut or get the dramatic haircut um for the most part hair grows back which means it's kind of like a it's kind of like a get out of jail free card it is (laughs) like you shave your head get the undercut do the dye at the ends try the pixie cut wear hair glitter um learn some culturally appropriate braids uh yeah and like do do all of that for yourself i mean Hair, hair is just hair, Hair's and just some hair. and a, a nice dramatic haircut can really change yourself. I was living so long in my life to be like perfect actor girl. I wanted to look like the like the like stereotypical like girl next door brunette, no visible tattoos, all of that. And it, there was a part of me that was just like screaming to try the dyed hair look, to get tattoos, who wanted to be this version of myself. And here's what I realized. I'm an actor, like I'm actually physically actively acting professionally, I don't know what, like 5% of the year, and then 95% of the year I'm myself. You gotta do what's best for yourself. Don't let a job stop you. Don't let another person stop you. Um, yeah, get your get your hair done. Do it. Try it. Do it. So then in a similar note, resolution number four is play with your style. And the most the, the biggest point I have here is thrift. Thrifting is a queer slash spicy hetero's best friend. You can try so many styles. You can find what feels comfy to your identity, or you can try expanding your identity, and you can do it all without spending an ass load of money and without harming the earth with fast fashion. Um, yeah, so, and I mean, like, when I say thrift stores, for, for this specifically, don't just go to the ones that are like, we found this old t-shirt with a band you've never heard of on it, and we're selling it for $85. Right. And you can still smell the sweat stains of the old guy who wore it. You were right. selling it for $85. Go to places like like Goodwill or the equivalent of it where it's just like a warehouse of an ass load of clothes mm-hmm. that they're selling for like 
anywhere between two and ten dollars and that is really where you can mix and match without being like oh fuck my bank account Um, also like another really fun thing to do is have like clothes swaps with your friend group mm, yes because then you don't even have to go to the store because some of us can't drive very well and some of us is me so (laughs) you don't even you don't even have to leave your your own home or you do with your roommate you know just like i'll bring your clothes stuff you don't want (laughs) just cut the car out of the equation (laughs) when i I realized Ellie was driving here today. I was like, uh-oh, is she gonna be okay? I too had that thought. Mood, 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 mood. Um, so then number five, read more queer literature. And then also if you're here as one of the spicy header, oh, Sparky just audibly yawned if you heard that. Um, read more queer literature. If you're one of the spicy heteros, also read more queer literature. But I mean, just like expand your literary horizons. Don't always read the same authors. Read authors who look different from you. Read authors with different experiences to you. Um, and then I... Gave, and read with us. Read Liz Lit Yes, with us. and read Liz Lit with us, which I will be at the end of this little bullet point announcing what our next book is so you can all go read it. Um, but here are some books that I... These are ones that I can speak on... <laughs> That was a loud one. That was a loud one. Do you need to be held, son? Are you okay? Is there too much talking happening? Do you have a bullet point for this? <laughs> All right. He might meow again, but That's we're fine. gonna we're gonna we're gonna live through we'll be it. Okay. Be fine. Uh, yes, yeah, so these are ones I read, so I can speak on them. But there are thousands, millions, hundreds—I don't know how many other queer books to read. Um, so if you like young adult fantasy, *The House on the Cerulean Sea* by T.J. Clune. It was a book when reading it felt like a big gay hug. It felt like a family hug. It's a fan. It's a, like, is it like fairies and stuff? I've it's, heard about it. Yes. It's like, but it's very YA. Yeah, it's it's definitely nice. got like or a, not teen, like young adult fiction. Teen, I'll give you the sun. I feel Nelson. like, I mean, also I feels not as quite of a big gay hug, but still like a very sunshiny hug. Um, it's queer teens. There's artists. There's lots of, lots of cool stuff. Um, my sister and I both love this book. <laughs> So then if you like science fiction slash mystery fiction um, or listen to the podcast, Welcome to Night Vale, but also that po- but also that podcast doesn't exist because uh, no other podcast exists outside of Liz. Right. <laughs> um, and how dare you mention any other podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Welcome to Night Vale has a book called Welcome to Night Vale and also the sequel, It Devours, both of which I loved. And like... Night Vale is so good at just seamlessly including queer characters without it being like a thing. Like, it's just like... And they're gay. <laughs> cool. Like, it's never about that they're gay, but they are gay and they're there. Um, if you like graphic novels, there's an autobiographical graphic novel. Wow, that was a lot of word right yeah, there. That was good for you. <laughs> Called Spinning by Tilly Walden. It's about a girl who grows up in the figure skating world in Austin, Texas, actually, which is where we're recording this from. And uh, she she's coming to terms with her lesbianhood. And Tilly Walden is a prolific graphic novelist. I think by the time she was... 23 she had like five or six gigantic tomes of graphic novels out and they're all beautiful like they're not just like a stick figure talking about things like each page could be hung in a museum they're so detailed and intricate and gorgeous yeah um it's amazing you can also borrow my copy um She's a really, really phenomenal writer and drawer. So then if you like nonfiction essays, We Are Never Meeting in Real Life by Samantha Irby. Uh, Samantha Irby is a uh, lesbian writer. She's married to a woman and she writes all of these just really, really funny essays between just normal human things like working a job that you don't like to other very queer experiences like being in the car with your partner. You're in a very clear woman-loving woman relationship and driving through the middle of buttfuck nowhere and uh, feeling like a hate crime can happen at any single second of the day. But she has such a comedic take on it, um, on all of it, and such an interesting voice. So if you like short essays, little snippets you can read before bed or whatever, she's a great author. Um, Then for more adult fiction slash romance with like travel vibes, there's Less by Andrew Sean Greer. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Really, really sweet about love that you can find in all ages of your life and all around the world. There's lots of lots of different countries that are visited. Lots of thoughts about what it means to be a writer. Really great book. Now, if you like big, heavy shit, <laughs> Family Saga, a family saga book slash transgender fiction book, Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. Oh, I've been wanting to read that. Yeah, it's it's like a. 
It's a marathon for sure. I've heard it's really good, though. but it's really, really good. It's dense and good. Um, t- it talks a That's lot. That's how people about describe me. <laughs> dense and, and good. good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So read Middlesex. It's got some really interesting thoughts on gender in there, being born, like what it means to be born in the body that you're assigned with, and what that means for you growing up, etc., etc., etc. Historical fiction: The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Sound familiar? By Taylor <laughs> Jenkins Reid. If it sounds familiar, it's because it was what we read for our first Liz Lit Liz Literature, which is coming back in this. This month, so we are now announcing what we will be reading um, for the next <laughs> which is The Dawn Hounds by Sasha Strong Baron Cohen. Sasha Baron <laughs> Sasha Strong Stronak Stro Stronak. Stro- Keep trying now. Keep going. Stro- this is good. <laughs> uh, um, so we haven't. I haven't started. Have you started I haven't reading started it? it yet. We haven't started reading it. We will be discussing it in not this episode, obviously, and not the episode after, but then the episode after that. So wow. you basically have two weeks to get your reading assignment done, babies. Um, get it done. <laughs> we'll be talking about it. Um, we haven't read it, so we can't speak for what it actually is about, but the Google search genres says that it's science fiction, fantasy fiction, high fantasy, steampunk, and gay fiction. Woo! All things we love to see. With All the- things I would use to describe Julie. <laughs> <laughs> I am science fiction. Um, wow. High fantasy. Uh, that was... I really love that. Um, <laughs> so you should get, get a copy of it. Check it out at your local library. Read it somewhere in the ether because we'll be talking about it in one way or another. Last time with Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, we casted the movie version. But who knows? Who knows? Who knows what we'll do this time with it? We haven't read it, so we still don't know. All right. So that's what I had for wa- uh, read more queer literature. Next, I have watch more queer. F- wa- next, I have watch more queer films and television. Um, I- I'm not gonna list a bunch of queer films and television because that's just there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there, and honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably already have favorites. And the thing I will say about this uh, though is pay attention to the characters that you love, the ones that really speak to you. Um, what you love on TV and what you love seeing represented will tell you a lot about yourself. Um, and if there are like characters whose styles you really like, take that with you when you're playing with your style or your look, maybe you really like it because you want to, you want to be it. And that's cool. Um, (laughs) wow. (laughs) I really thought I wrote 10, but number seven just says, tell everyone you listen to a really cool gay podcast called Liz. (laughs) I thought that was a bullet point under a different one, but no, that could be your whole resolution. Yep. And that would be super easy for you to get done. And benefit us. Yeah, it would benefit us. And then you would get a good pat on the back because you did it. You did it. A super good resolution. Um, Then I have number eight. Put yourself out there. Extroverts, go to the gay bar or the lesbian bar. Join queer activity clubs. Uh, You can usually find them in Facebook groups or other apps. There's also like Bumble for friends. Yes, Um, Bumble BFF is great. So I met one of my best, best friends in New York. See? Shout out, Holly. I love you. Um, There's a gay version of everything. Um, there's like gay wine tasting, gay dancing, gay bowling, gay archery, whatever. And if you can't find the gay version of something, you being there will make it gay. Oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> I meant like start that club, but or not. Or that. Um, and then also putting yourself out there consensually, kiss someone. You're only as young as you are right now. Go get your lovers. There's so many waiting for you. Oh my they God. are. Um, unless you're asexual, don't do that. Do something else. <laughs> Go to gay archery. <laughs> um, and then if you're an introvert, you know, join online LGBT forums, queer book clubs. There's there's so many ways to get around socialization while also figuring out your bigger your more your more queer feelings um and your your sense of self and identity and just it's all about resolutions are about you having a year feeling 
feeling like you're a better version of yourself or the best version of yourself or a more favorite version of yourself. But we always get sold on this idea that a better version of ourselves looks one way, like a better version of ourselves. For example, the better version of myself looks like Jennifer Coolidge. (laughs) (laughs) And those are really hard standards, honestly. Um, Yeah, I shouldn't put that on myself. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so, so in the journaling aspect of this, don't ask yourself what you think society will tell you your better version of yourself is what do you think your better version of yourself is what Jennifer happened? Coolidge, Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number nine I wrote start a cult love it Wait, that's what we did with Liz it honestly needs no explanation <laughs> it, it, it really doesn't um it was it was gonna be piggybacky pig 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 oh, it was it was gonna oink <laughs> it was gonna be uh it was gonna be further further discussing the idea of making your own club making your own thing um if you want to learn more about queer stuff make a make a queer info instagram or if you want a queer wine tasting get all your gay friends together and ask them to invite their gay friends and then just get wine that. drunk and get wine drunk you have a network of gay friends all of a sudden um the only thing i will say is don't start a podcast because don't. we're the only one we don't need the competition <laughs> and then number 10 try drag bestie if you're an extrovert go out and drag if you're an introvert do some drag at home make videos for yourself or for the internet whatever you like do it at your own comfort level but it is so cool to play the part of someone else it's one of the most like therapeutic things as an actor is getting to like think about someone outside yourself, which sounds so self-centered. I know, I rarely do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But also, yeah, just seeing a different look on your face, expanding your ideas of who you are, your gender identity, how you present, um, taking the beauty standards that you're not used to and and turning them on their heads. Like, that's all really, really cool stuff. I personally want to try more drag in the new year, and that takes us almost so perfect it was planned into our next segment dragging history um okay so for those of you who have listened to this podcast i love drag queens more than anything i dream of them at night i think of them at day but i don't know a whole lot about drag kings so i was like you know what i should know more about drag kings because it is just as valid of an art form and the transformation is just as incredible and it's it's a shame that there's not you know like a tv show that's as popular as drag race for drag king so it's like you know what i'm gonna use a little platform here to talk about drag king so at least drag race coming maybe 125 drag kings let's hope for it mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Vitage. okay love it done I need to learn to be bitchier and i get to put on a bald cap and wear a suit <laughs> you're just gonna be RuPaul. yes <laughs> no um but anyway so i kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the history of drag kings and that whole thing is very very brief and i'm sure that I will do some follow-up episodes to be a little bit more specific, but I don't have the bandwidth to do that today. So, um, basically, what drag is is just the performance of gender or, the, you know, the transformation of gender, gender as a performance, and it's usually um, really exaggerated. You know, for example, you don't really see a lot of subtle drag. It's usually playing up on stereotypes a lot of the time, and mm-hmm. specifically what drag king kingery is is usually it's playing with with uh like masculine identities masculine stereotypes kind of attacking like using using drag as a form to like point out you know toxic masculinity and kind of like really really exploring kind of like just the I, society's ideas of what masculinity is and kind of like tearing it apart from the inside out and like reclaiming a lot of your own, you know, like masculinity through performance. It's really great. It's mm-hmm. so I kind of want to talk a little bit about the history. So some of the first time we see male impersonation recorded is in pieces of Chinese literature. And we mm-hmm. see, yeah, we see this dating back to the Tang Dynasty, which is in China around six, six, eight, to 907 AD, um, specifically in Chinese operas. Um, so that's like, it's been around forever. Like gen- playing with gender and gender identity and gender performance is like not a new thing. So when people are like losing their shit over like 
drag queens around kids. It's like, well, this has literally been happening forever. And it's real goofy. And society has prevailed. <laughs> We're <Yeah>. still here. <laughs> so like it, I just, it, the, that argument has like zero, it doesn't, it doesn't hold any water for me. Um, but anyway, so that's like kind of the first time we're seeing it, but now I'm going to kind of move over to the West because that we're recording this in America and I didn't have time to do research on like all of the different countries we see male impersonation in, but it truly is like a global thing, but I'm going to be talking Mm -hmm. about it more, um, in America. So during Westward expansion, which is like the time, uh, where you see, you know, like cowboys moving over to California, Nevada, Santa Fe, Santa that Fe. area of the country. I'm not great with geography, but we see cowboys and, you know, gold mining and all that going on. That's called westward expansion. Um, and a lot of, not a lot, I mean, it's not like everyone, but some women would actually use male impersonation or male drag as forms of making it into westward expansion to be able to cash in on this. And some of these people who before westward expansion were living their lives as women, once they got to the West, um, they would actually live their lives as men. And back then they didn't really have the vocabulary for trans men so you can't like I can't really put that label on them but to put it in today's context it it kind of would be like it like a trans man like again I can't like label someone from another time and another period with like today's vocabulary but a lot of these people would live their lives as men I, I can't say what their you know identity was but that's that but it's really cool that you know women are using like male impersonation and drag as a form to like cash in on this like huge moment in american history um but anyway so a lot of these women we and like but then some of them also get to the west and like perform in shows so people like annie hindell vesta tilly ella wesner um also the first indigenous male impersonator to our knowledge is someone named go wan go who is a mohawk in the early 1900s and she actually and she out of drag was she as far as i know um and she actually wrote her own play because she didn't like the way that like white people were depicting indigenous people so she literally wrote her own play like like a theater play that she was in as a man so kind of cool to see yeah like she was like listen i'm gonna literally she's like i don't like the way these white people are portraying my people so i'm just gonna write my own story and she performed it in drag which is incredible yeah that's really cool yeah and so and we also see like kind of in the early 20th century we see lots of women and, and lesbians specifically using male impersonation as a way to like protest very strict gender expectations same thing like the victorian times where like gender was so so intense and and like you know it's like women stayed at home men worked women had kids and men made money and made business deals so that's we also kind of see like male impersonation as a form of protest which i think is really cool uh fast forwarding a little bit to the 1920s um so it's the rise of the harlem renaissance which is when we see many black folks leaving the south and heading north specifically to harlem new york um to seek economic and creative opportunities this is where we get like a lot of jazz and black art and poetry um and one of the forerunners of this kind of artistic movement um was someone named gladys bentley who was a blues singer and pianist um and she often dressed in men's attire um sporting her signature black and white tux um and people people loved seeing her perform um so and she at the time, she she lived openly as a lesbian. She was a 250-pound black woman. Like, she existed in... <clears throat> wow. Yeah, she, lived, she existed in this way that was big and out there and, like, for the time, pretty dangerous. But people loved her. They loved her music. They loved her performance. And she's, like, one of the most famous jazz singers of all time. She headlined all over New York. She actually created her own musical review with a chorus of eight drag queens who would like dance around her so like she it was like I was iconic like yeah um at this place called the ubangi club in new york um from 1934 to 1937 so she Let's go back in time right she's like here's my chorus line of drag queen like that's just how i want to walk down the street yeah, <laughs> like i want to be like at the grocery store shopping and then just have a chorus line of drag queens yeah, behind yeah, me yeah. um <laughs> so i love that and uh during you know during this time we also 
see like cops would in- implement and like it was kind of like from around this time to like like the late 1960s even where cops would implement this three articles rule which wasn't actually written into law but basically said that if someone wasn't wearing at least three items of clothing that were associated with their gender at birth they could be arrested wow so it's like if you julie were like wearing a suit and a top hat and a cane and that's what I was like your look like you could be arrested because you'd have to be wearing like at least a skirt and lipstick and high heels for you to like be woman passing wow or they could arrest and but the weird thing was is it wasn't actually like written into law it was just kind of this like cop code where they would arrest you and then you could like be put in jail under like different cert- like disrupting the peace like you dressing that way is like disrupting the peace yeah, yeah so yeah cause I'm causing a <laughs> it's like because <laughs> everyone can't stop looking at me. Oh, um, man, I don't want to get a little bit of this like, lipstick. Yes, so it was, it was, <laughs> you know, yeah. And so and like, so if you wanted to, you know, dress as a man or do male impersonation to avoid being arrested, you have to wear three items of like female clothing, but that kind of like ruined the whole look. Like, so that was just like kind of, I mean, it wasn't kind of, it was objectively really shitty. Um, so this was a dangerous time to cross dress. I mean, it still is now. Um, but back then cops could literally use it as grounds to arrest you, which definitely cops still use, (laughs) like they won't say, Oh, the three item rule or whatever, but we'll arrest trans men and women all the time and say it's for something else. But like, let's be honest, it's because they're trans. Like it's still such a prevalent problem. Um, but it was back then too. Like this is not new. Cops have always been bad. <laughs> Whoa! I know, I know. Controversial. What? <laughs> um, what? I know, I know. I, I sit down, Julie. It's about to get crazier. Um, <laughs> so, um, in the 1950s, there is someone named. Stormy de Lavare, Lavare, I, I always pronounce her name incorrectly, but she is a black singer and drag king and bouncer and is actually, and this is like kind of lore and it's really hard to know for sure. And she was like this very handsome performer and she'd perform bars and she was just kind of a gay icon of the time. And uh, she was also a lesbian, um, but some gay lore around her is that she's actually known to be the first one to throw a punch at the at Greenwich Village on June 27th, 1969 that kicked off the Stonewall riot. Wow. So she like, did. no, yeah. So, I mean, it's like hard to know for sure who threw the first punch, but it's still, I mean, that's iconic. Like she, if this is true, kind of like single-handedly like kicked off the gay rights movement. <laughs> so yeah, icon. Um, um, so we're going to fast forward to the 1970s. This is actually the first time that we see the term drag king in print um, in 1972 in a book called The Queen's Vernacular, A Gay Lexicon, which is incredible. Of course, gays have their own dictionary. <laughs> like, yeah, um, we need one. There's, so there's, there's a lot. There's a lot to keep up. And I can't wait to read it in a later episode. I'm going to be touching on some history of some gay slang in the book and just talking about the book. And I also love that it's from the 70s. Like, I could so see now in, like, a cool lesbian bookshop, like, modern gay slang. But this was in the 70s. Like, this was a while ago. Like, that. that's, I think that's, that's awesome. It has always been an organized community. (laughs) (laughs) Always so freaking organized. We've done anything from our research on this podcast with the hanky code. With the hanky code. And the, what was the other one? The, I don't know, the twink code, the smurf code, the bear code. Yeah, 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 yeah. A million and one codes. Yeah. Million, like, the, the gays have their planners. They have their Google Excel Their spread, yes. And they're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, so this is like an early version of that organization, <laughs> which I love. Um, all right, so in the 1980s and 1990s, drag, queen, or drag kings are becoming more prevalent in the queer entertainment industry in London, New York, San Francisco. Um a very famous drag king named Mo B. Dick, amazing, um, who still performs today, started the first ever weekly drag king party in the world called Club Casanova in New York City in the 1980s. And she's still incredibly prevalent in the queer community. She's still very active. Um, And during this time, you're also seeing like a lot of like gender fuck and challenging of gender norms. Like we have that Mm. kind of pop 
or not pop, that punk, we see, we're seeing a lot of that, um, like punk rock kind of, and just like that time in general was kind of a sticking it to the man time. So we're, I mean, it really only makes sense to see the rise of drag King's popularity in, you know, these like more niche corners of queer pop culture, because it was dirt. It was a time of revolution anyway. Mm. Um, I think this is like one of my like favorite little like moments in drag king history. In the 2000s, we're seeing the rise of drag king troops who performed highly choreographed dance numbers to mimic the boy groups of the time, like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Wow. So like we're having these drag kings like like lip syncing like everybody, yeah, rock your body. Like I love that. That's amazing. Like I believe that when you die, that is what is waiting for you at the gates of heaven. It is at least for you. <laughs> yes. Like, if, if it's personalized to you. I'm like, I am home. <laughs> A single tear falls down. Um, and then, so drag today, I mean, thanks to RuPaul's Drag Race, so many queens have gained icon status, but that hasn't happened for drag kings at quite the same level yet. Um, and honestly, this is like largely in part because of misogyny, because like a lot, I mean, and a lot of cis men do can't like, are and can practice being drag kings, but it is mainly AFAB people or um, gender non-binary people. It's not sure. typically um, men, but so I like a, a lot of the talk these days about why drag kings haven't gained the same popularity as drag queens is because it's women. I mean, it's mainly women doing it, and people hate to see women and living their sure. best lives. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then also it's like, it's interesting. Another thing that I read, it's like drag Kings aren't seen as like entertaining. It's seen as more like aspirational. Cause it's like, Oh, of course you want to dress up like a man. Of course you want to live mm-hmm. your life as a man because being a man is so great. But the reason why drag Queens are seen as more entertaining is because it's like, that's so funny. Cause you're a man and you never actually want to live your life as a yeah. woman. Like it's seen like, and not by like, I wouldn't say by like the larger queer community, but like by people who are not in on it like who don't who are like they so like drag queens are seen as more like performative whereas drag kings can be viewed as more like aspirational of like well of course you want to look like a man and be like a man because men are great that is fascinating are there any is there ever women who do drag queen yeah so so um Actually, on this most recent season of Canada versus the World on Drag Race, which is kind of like All Stars, but they bring back um, queens from like all different franchises from like Drag Drag or Drag Race Canada and Drag Race Australia. So they bring them back from all of the different places. One of the queens who came back is named Victoria Scone, and she's from the UK and she's a fab. And like she's a, it's funny because like out of drag, she's I was she's I would say she's like a pretty like butch lesbian, but she in drag is like the she's doing the most like. Do She's I I think she's like one of the most talented queens I've ever seen. Her costumes are amazing and she's such a great actress. I I have some thoughts on the most recent season, but I don't want to like give anything away. <laughs> but spoiler alert, she doesn't win and that like hurt me because I think that she I mean, the person who does win is also really great, Raja, but I am obsessed with Victoria Scott. So the, the answer to your question is yes. And is like are people really like or some of the girls, like, kind of, like, put over by that, that? I would say, like, I would say that maybe, I would say if it was five years ago, or not, maybe, maybe, like, ten years ago, people would be pissed. Like, yeah. even RuPaul would probably be pissed. Mm. Um, but, no, everyone's, like, really understanding of it and, like, very yeah. welcoming to her. But I would also say that now drag queen and drag in general, like, isn't quite as gendered. Like, I think everyone... Because, like, literally it is just a performance of of gender. So it's, like, me as being born as a woman, I could still be a drag queen because I'm literally just, like, performing over-exaggerated gender. Yeah, and that's as RuPaul says, you're born naked and the rest rest is drag. drag. Because we are all just, like, even if you were performing what is your assigned at birth gender, it's still, like putting on a dress because you were born with a vagina that is performance right you know? yeah so it's like everyone everyone can do everything <laughs> like I'm like right now I'm looking at myself like if this is me in drag that's a huge letdown because I'm wearing <laughs> wet pants and a black t-shirt Same. and have uh-huh. washed my hair for like five days so like I'm hoping that my actual drag queen self is better than this um but 
Yeah. So like anyone, anyone can do it. It is a very like open. And I would say like now, especially it is a far more opening and an accepting community. You know, like a lot of, there's one queen um, named Gottmik who is a trans man. And so in drag, she goes by she, her, but out of drag, he, him. So real. Um, they were the first trans man to be on Drag Race and everyone was like really accepting of it. Yeah. Like it's a, I would say generally, I would say generally drag queens are like a pretty accepting community because <laughs> like, yeah, no, uh, I, I definitely say like back in the day, even like, yeah, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, probably would have been a lot more like anger like you can't be this space isn't for you but now it's like this space is literally for everyone like yeah. we're dressing up and wearing like sequins like you can't like, you can't gatekeep rhinestones you can't gatekeep rhinestones <laughs> so yeah that's that's what I have for you for the, yeah well the drag other, kingery my only other my only other is thought this, uh, thought on on drag kingery um <laughs> could it also be popular that that drag kings aren't as as Popular? Did I say popular first time? You did. That's okay. Okay, cool. Could it be possible the drag kings aren't as popular? Um, because in this day and age, this hasn't always been true, but men's fashion hasn't been like a a yassification. I oh, I totally believe that. I mean, you know. For me, like, if I were ever to do drag, I would personally want to be a drag queen. Like, but I also am, like, a super, like, I'm pretty feminine girly girl. And, like, I love a big dress moment. But then also sometimes you are seeing drag kings who, you know, will have, like, a beard and more masculine makeup. But then are in a gown. Like, honestly, now, like, drag is so, like... Fluid, like yeah. you know, you can kind of just. Some people don't even say like they're a drag king or they're a drag queen. Like they're just in drag, you know, yeah. like because it literally is just a performance of gender, and it's not like you necessarily have to be doing a performance of just masculinity or just femininity. Like you can be something totally. else, you know, like. Mm-hmm. So it's like I, I like I think yeah, that probably has something to do with it. But also, there's so many people who kind of do like a like a lot of drag kings also like they'll have you know like full face beard but then like long eyelashes and big red lipstick like it's kind of this like again this like gender fuck thing so it yeah it kind of can be like whatever you fucking want to be yeah <laughs> i think i think my drag sauna is like elton john it's like love that glittery tuxedos yes that's a good that's like i like that a lot i so if you were to do drag you'd want to be a drag king think so i think so i mean i also i don't know honestly bird girl feels like drag sometimes yeah like she feels a little bit like a drag queen and not uh, i mean she is me yes but she is definitely a version of me that is heightened in a yeah in, in a direction which is drag yeah like, yeah so, literally y'all have been following a drag queen this whole time but <laughs> <laughs> what would you think your drag name would be Back in the day, I did drag for approximately 48 hours, um, and my name was Jack Alaska, but I don't know if I would keep that. I think I'd want to do something fun, more fun. How did you go with it? I guess I had this dream. <laughs> I had this dream. Of course it came to you in a dream. It came to me in a dream, because I'm one of the witchy gays, um, where I was at the airport with my dad and a bunch of my classmates from theater school were running behind me trying to catch up with me and some of them were saying hey julie come here hey julie and then the other half of them were saying hey jack come here but i knew that they were both trying to get my attention Hmm. and i was like hmm and then my dad was like why do they keep calling you jack and i was like well dad sometimes i'm julie and sometimes i'm jack and then i was like okay love that so i named my drag king jack and then i wanted something to sound hot on the end of it and alaska was somewhere that i visited and loved like nature uh whatnot and it was where i had gone it was the last trip i had gone on with my with my family, so it all just kind of came together. Jack Alaska. Jack, it is a good name. I think it does. It sound it sounds hot to me, but then also there's already like Alaska Thunderfuck five thousand. Yeah, yeah. Hot. Speaking of which, um, my dad, who like doesn't have really any interest in drag race culture, <laughs> has been hearing my mom and I just inhaling RuPaul's Drag Race Love while it. I'm home, um, and so now. 
he he's been like hearing some of our conversations and he asked the other night he goes is alaska's name just alaska or does she have a drag last name and i was like well originally she didn't but then she added on thunderfuck 5000 <laughs> and then my dad started calling our dog thunderfuck 5000 <laughs> that's amazing your dog is a drag he's in drag love that yeah we love that for him i would want my name to be maxi pad <gasps> yes yeah. honestly though bring back you if you follow ellie or ellie the cheese TikTok. no no <laughs> ellie the cheese is great ellie the cheese is who you should just be in your life um, <laughs> if you follow ellie on tiktok you will see a video that is my favorite all-time ever ellie video i literally told my mom about it where she's a uh, supposedly blackout drunk and she's impersonating a drag queen who gets voted off of rupaul's drag race <laughs> and she like dramatically you know does the thing with the fan and she goes this is the this is not the last you'll be seeing of tampon on the wrist <laughs> tampon on the wrist honestly honestly if you're gonna be maxi pad here's what you need to do you need to have a character who's maxi pad and then maxi pad's like daughter who is tampon on, tampon the, wrist. on the wrist yeah tampon and, on the wrist is a good one and yes it's really good <laughs> tampon on the wrist kills me um maxi pad and tampon on the wrist and jack alaska here telling you to to, to get in drag get in drag <laughs> get in drag bitch uh, well that's all i have for you that's also all i have um we hope that your 2023 celebrations that your new year's was safe and gay um and that you don't feel too hungover uh but if you do it's like i do too currently as we're recording this <laughs> so i'm right there with you <laughs> absolutely well um is that that's all i got that's all i got that's, that's all we got. got well for for liz podcast i'm julie jester there it is there it is and remember folks sexiness <laughs> is a state of mind and i'm tampon on the wrist yes she is <laughs> and remember you want to be your best self in 2023 but don't hold yourself to the standard of Jennifer Coolidge that's no. too much it's <laughs> too much it's too much it makes you want a hot dog real bad <laughs> <laughs> oh we love you lesbians bye. bye thanks for listening someone send me some mail so I can see that man again <laughs> I want to watch you lick the envelope you lick it <laughs> we have to end this because it's getting weird now. We'll do this for another two <laughs> This is our real voice now. We've just been we've been disguising ourselves as Julie and Ellie, but really it's been two Jennifer Coolidge's. Ellie fulfilled her New Year's resolution. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. Bye. <laughs>